0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocks big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book metaphors we live by. Shakespeare once said, all the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. In this sentence, Shakespeare compared the process of a drama with the process of a person's life, lamenting that life is just like a drama. The sentence is also a typical metaphor, we view the world as a stage because these two concepts are related to each other, therefore, we can easily understand this metaphor. Why are there so many metaphors? And how do they affect our lives? George Lakoff and Mark Johnson gave their answers to us in Metaphors We Live By, a popular scholarly text that primarily relies on linguistic evidence. In addition to linguistics, the book also covers various areas, including anthropology, sociology, psychology, philosophy, and more. One author of this book George Lakoff is known as the father of cognitive linguistics. He is the chairman of the International Cognitive Linguistics Association and a member of the Council of Cognitive Science Society. When he was 24, he completed his PhD in linguistics and began teaching at Harvard University. At the age of 32, he published his first cognitive linguistics thesis before becoming a professor at the University of California, Berkeley. Not only has he written quite a lot of books, He was also a language coach for Howard Dean, the former chairman of the Democratic Party of the United States when he ran for president. The other author of this book, Mark Johnson, is a distinguished Knight professor and a head of the Department of Philosophy at the University of Oregon, and one of the founders of cognitive linguistics and philosophy in the flesh. Metaphors We Live By has been translated into many languages and is a must read book for cognitive linguists. In this book, George Lakoff and Mark Johnson argue that metaphors are omnipresent in everyday life. They show that metaphors are everywhere in daily life, not only in language but also in thought and action. Thus, metaphors are not only in issues of vocabulary, they are also an essential method to human cognitive processes and fundamental to the way we live. Metaphor is based on our daily life experiences. If we use it effectively, we can use metaphors to change our thinking and improve our lives. In this bookie, we will summarize the book in the following three parts for you. Part 1, Metaphor Structures How We Know Ourselves. Part 2, Metaphor Structures How We Perceive The World. Part 3, Metaphor Is The Bridge That Connects Our Past and Present Reality. George Lakoff and Mark Johnson argue that metaphor is not just a linguistic concept, it is also impacts human cognitive processes. Thus, before we can explore the relationship between metaphor and ourselves, we need to understand what metaphor is. We often encounter strangeness in our lives. When encountering something unfamiliar, people tend to use things that they are more familiar with in order to represent and understand what is new or unfamiliar. This is metaphor. First, Let's look at how metaphors help us express our feelings by taking love as an example. We've all heard the phrase I've fallen in love. When people love each other, the beautiful feeling of love is generated. Falling describes the action of moving from a high place to a lower place. It seems impossible to connect the word falling with love, is why do we often use this word? In her TED Talk What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Love, Mandy Love suggested that when she thinks of the word falling, she imagines a person who walking along on the pavement and suddenly and unceremoniously falling through a manhole into a sewer. What's interesting is that if a person falls into a sewer, it must be very dangerous, yet I've fallen in Love sounds romantic. This is a metaphor. Falling is the action of moving from a high place to a lower place often accidentally. We use the action falling to describe the emotional change when a new romance happens. In terms of the metaphor, I've fallen in love. Falling changed from the domain of actions to the realm of expressing feelings, making the invisible and intangible feeling of love more vivid and concrete. Indeed, we may also wonder why haven't we heard of running into love or jumping into love since actions like running and jumping are similar to falling? This is because, according to our experience, Falling is unexpected, uncontrollable, and unauthorized, which is just like a sudden love that is hard to resist. This means that people base metaphors on their experience and mix in expressions that best correspond to certain features of that experience. Love is one of many human emotions. To vividly describe abstract and unimaginable love, people use metaphors. This is the same for other emotions. For instance, we say someone's face lights up when they look happy and darkens when they look sad. From the perspective of the authors, the reason behind this phenomenon is metaphor. Emotion is an abstract concept that hides inside and can only be comprehended indirectly. To better understand emotions, people creatively make analogies of feelings with actions and shades. Thus, the process of forming a metaphor is also a process of people deepening their understanding. Understanding metaphors can help us know our emotions. Next, we will discuss how people use metaphors to simulate interpersonal relationships. There are many kinds of interpersonal relationships in human society, including blood relationships between parents and children and marital relationships between couples. In addition to those two kinds of relationships, the most satisfying relationship is friendship. Aristotle said that a true friend is one soul in two bodies which sufficiently highlights the significance of friendship. The sentence means that real friends have the same heart even if they have different bodies. The metaphor here is friendship is the heart of man. How does such a metaphor come into existence? We could analyze how friendship is produced. Usually, friendship is an intimate relationship between at least two people or different bodies. Only in the process of interpersonal communication, when people find that their spiritual needs are met, does friendship occur. In the contemporary world, we all know that we need to think with our brain in order to judge whether our spiritual needs are met. However, ancient people believed that the heart is the organ of thinking, thus, the heart also represents the spiritual world. If two people share the same heart, it means that their spiritual worlds align. Undoubtedly we can also analyze this metaphor from another angle. Human organs are the basis through which people perceive external concepts, they are the starting point of our experience. The heart is the engine of life, and there is no need to emphasize its importance. British medical scientists once said that the sun is the heart of the world, and the heart is the sun of the human body. If the heart is used as a metaphor to describe the delicate relationship of friendship, It is easy to see the importance we place on it as a concept. The metaphor of friendship being the heart of a person exemplifies how people will use personal experience to gain an in-depth understanding when facing this type of relationship. In the book, the above examples are classified as personification metaphors. A more typical example is our biggest enemy right now is inflation. Here, people regard some non-human concept in this case inflation as human beings. In addition, the statement also simulates and reconstructs a relationship that exists in human society. Inflation is not only human but also our enemy. It has a hostile relationship to us as humans. Humans must resist the impact of inflation just as they want to get rid of an unfavorable situation caused by others. Therefore, it is not surprising that we often see senses such as inflation has attacked the foundation of our country's economy in the media. With this knowledge it becomes clear that once we understand metaphors, we can understand our relationship with others, enabling us to simulate and reconstruct complicated relationships. And all of this is inseparable from the cognitive construction process that we are going to discuss below. Lakoff and Johnson pointed out that metaphor is not only a method of expression but also a unique way of thinking. When we describe something that can be seen and touched, we can easily describe its shape, color, or material. However, we also encounter many abstract concepts that require similar descriptions. For them, the function of metaphor cannot be underestimated. Metaphors help concretize abstract concepts. Through metaphors, People use known and familiar experiences and ideas to understand unknown and obscure concepts and make them more familiar. This knowledge manifests in language. For example, consider the sentence She tasted the sweetness of joy. Why should joy be sweet? This is inseparable from human physiological functions. Research has shown that when eating sweets, sugar enters the body and produces dopamine. Dopamine is a nerve conducting substance that helps to convey happiness, excitement, and other feelings. That is to say, eating sweets makes people happy and keeps them in a good mood. In other words, eating sweets can make people feel joyful. Of course, we experience joy for many reasons, not just from eating sweets. The physiological experience that people have formed over a long time is this sweetness is accompanied by the production of pleasure. If the beautiful and positive emotion of joy brings people psychological satisfaction, then the happiness brought by eating sweets is physiological. Through the brain's cognitive functioning, people connect the two things together, forming the perception that joy and sweetness make people cheerful and comfortable. This concludes the first part of this bookie. Let's review it together. On the one hand, people use metaphors to express highly abstract, untouchable feelings that are hard to explain on the other hand people rely significantly on metaphors to understand consider and simulate rich and diverse interpersonal relationships additionally the emergence of metaphor is based on our way of thinking which has been formed over a long period of time the metaphorical meaning in language lies in the cognition established by people which includes the thought activity of the cognitive human subject